was gonna say, we could just keep dancing because I'm digging that song, man. I just love Summer of Love because I like the music, I like the colors, but I know what true love's all about. So we can celebrate that all summer. So I'm Pastor Todd Weir. I am not Pastor Jason Brown. And could, in case you couldn't tell the difference, um, I'm the elementary pastor here at 1910 Church. And well, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. Um, yeah, so I don't get to be in here a lot. In fact, the last time I was in here was almost six years ago, but I'll get to that in a second. Before we start, just wanted to show honor to a, a couple of people. First of all, thank you for everyone who's joining us online this morning. We know that a lot, yeah, let's give it up for them. A lot of people still not being able to come into the house and that's okay. And here's the deal. We got people, actually, I don't know if you guys see this or, or know this, but there are people watching all around the globe. It's pretty cool. We get to see who has tuned in to 1910 church services and it's awesome. So we know there's people all over the place, uh, hotel rooms, their bedrooms, military bases. I know I've, I think I've got some friends and family watching from Southeast Texas. So thank you guys for being on this morning. Um, Someone else I wanted to pay uh, much honor to is my wife of almost 28 years sitting on the front, or front row with me. We've been best friends for over 30 years, so Donna's here with me. Donna is hardcore. She said, do you want me to, are you nervous if I come and sit on the front row because I'm going to at least one service? She's here for all three. And I'm like, wow, baby, I get tired of myself like after one, and she's like, yeah, I'm kind of tired too. But anyway, no, she's awesome. She's here with me. So, um, and thank you guys. One more group I got to recognize though. I love this. Pastor Jason, he said, you know, I can't be here on the 14th. Would love for you to come and speak if you want to on a Sunday morning. He said, I know you're not getting to be back there in kids ministry, but here's what I have seen kids in the house. I see the kids coming to big church, and I am so glad to have you guys in here this morning, and I know a lot of you are watching online, because we say this all the time. We say this all the time. Yes, we have kids church, and that's just for kids. We don't let you grown-ups back there, unless, of course, you want to volunteer in kids ministry and talk to me, but that's just for kids, but kids get this too. This is also your church. And I love it when you guys come to big church and see the worship band and listen to Pastor Jason. So I'm glad you're here with me this morning too. So thank you. Thank you guys for being here. Now, when Pastor Jason approached me a couple of weeks ago and said, can you do this on the 14th? I was excited and glad to do it. And he said, it's going to be during the summer of love series, which he, he kicked it off last week. And, uh, he said, I am just looking for you to find just stories or a word from God where we see God's love on display for his people and how we can learn from it. And more so put it into action. And I love that because we say that all the time in kids ministry. You know, we're going to learn these lessons. We're going to learn, you know, Noah's Ark and Daniel in the lion's den. And how does that apply to me on a Tuesday morning at school or on the playground or at soccer practice? It's about application, right? Anytime we get into God's word, it should be about that application. I love that. I said, yes, Pastor Jason, I'll do it. And I want to do that. So he said, okay, so Whatever story that is, you find it, let God lead it, lead you to that story in the Bible, and then, you know, just show some action steps that we can take. Here's the thing. Before I get into today's story, I need to take you back in time a little bit to six years ago. 
Six years ago, I was new on staff here at 1910. I was new to the area. I come from a different part of Texas. And so, see, I love that sound. This is more like kids' church. I need that, man. So y'all, y'all need to heckle me every once in a while, too. Just kidding, don't. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so... Um, Six years ago, new on staff, new to Bernie. I had been, I was the only kids pastor at that time. We've since grown enough that we had to split elementary and preschool into two ministries. So uh, I get to be a co-pastor for NT Kids with Pastor Josh Zello, who rocks it over in the preschool. And so, yeah, let's give it up for Pastor Josh. He does an awesome job. He and his team are great. And so, but at that time, I was the new guy. He said, okay, you've been back here a couple of months. Let's get you out on a Sunday morning just so families can see you and hear your heart. I'm like, okay, that sounds good. So uh, I was going to be able to speak on a Sunday morning. Mind you, that was the last time I did it. I must have done a really bad job. No, I'm kidding. That's that's not the case. Uh, We're busy back there on Sunday mornings. We're not babysitting. We're teaching kids Jesus. So I get to rock it back there with my kids team, man. So it's, it's great to be back there, and I love it. And I kind of sneak in the back every once in a while and listen to Pastor Jason, but at this time, brand new, he says, okay, what you need to do before you speak on a Sunday morning is you need to hang with Pastor Chach, who is not just our awesome worship pastor, but he's also our, our creative director. So all of this stuff that you see, he, he's over that. He has an awesome team who puts this stuff together. And how about that Ezekiel song? Oh my gosh, was that amazing or what, man? All of a sudden, I'm, I'm looking around and I'm seeing like images on the side of the wall. There's a disco ball hanging. It's been a long time since I've been in big church, man. It's like cool in here, but he's over all that. And so what that means is we have to get together and, and whatever happens on a Sunday morning, we kind of plan it out. You know, he, he gets with the worship team and the volunteer coordinators. We get all, all in one room and just kind of talk about Sunday morning. So it was my first time in this meeting, right? And I'm sitting in there, nervous as could be, and Pastor Chach is going through stuff, and he says, hey, Pastor Todd is going to be preaching on Sunday morning. And so he kind of gives me instruction, and then he stops right in the middle of this, and he goes, oh, by the way, we're going to have a brand new set on stage just for you. I'm like, oh, I was young and naive, okay? I believed him. And so he says, yeah, we're going to have this this set built when you come out that you're going to see, and it's it's." going to help you. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. He says, yeah, it's going to be a big tree, okay? And there's going to be a big branch coming out of this tree, and it's going to have a place for you to sit while you teach. Some of you know where this is going, don't you? And I'm thinking, maybe he thinks I'm teaching on fruits of the Spirit and, you know, low-hanging fruit or something like this. I'm not seeing where this is going. So I've got this look on my face, and he goes, Well, because you are teaching on Zacchaeus, aren't you? (laughs) Okay, let me tell you something. For the last six years, this church staff has always somehow associated me with the story of Zacchaeus, and I've not quite figured it out yet, okay? Maybe they've been by my house. I do have two sycamore trees in my backyard. I don't know, but... Guess what story we're going to do today? (laughs) That's right, kids. Your parents haven't heard this story yet. Now, if you're like me, you've heard the story of Zacchaeus several times, but 
we clearly see the love of Jesus on display in this story. And there's a few things that I want to show you that God has shown me within the last week and a half that really exemplifies the love of Jesus. So I want to take you through that story right now. And uh, if you would just read with me in Luke chapter 19, and uh, I'm reading out of the New King James Version. And so it says this, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich and he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd for he was of short stature. Anyway, okay. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he knew he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw, to him, saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they, that being the crowd that was around Jesus and Zacchaeus that were gathered there that day, uh, when they saw it, they all complained, saying, he's gone to be a guest with a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he is also a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Does that sound familiar? If it doesn't, be sure you look on that red wall up in the church atrium on your way out. It was so good we named our church after it, okay? This is encompasses Jesus and what he's about, all right? Straight out of that passage. Now, as I said, Pastor Jason, if you were here last week or you were tuning in last week, you heard Pastor Jason say, uh, I'm gonna leave you with some challenges, and he did. And I'm gonna do the same thing today kind of as we go. I'm gonna challenge not just you, but us with different things and show you some things that God showed me. But not directly in this passage, but in all four gospels, there's a recurring theme that you will see when you read about Jesus, okay? Follow me here. Did Jesus love the masses of people? Yes, of course he did. We see that he would preach on the hillside to thousands and then he would go in and do hands-on ministry, laying his hands upon people, person after person after person. And blind eyes were restored to see again. Deaf ears could hear again. Um, he restored lame people to be able to get up and walk. He did this over and over. And there's one account in the Bible where he's doing this to the point of exhaustion, and he goes back down to the, the shore where there's a boat. His disciples are, are, are around there. And he gets in the boat just so he can pull back and, and take a break. 
But it says this, I love this. It says, when he looked and he looked at the hillside and saw all the masses of people, he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. He told his disciples, bring me back in. That's the kind of love and passion he has for us, okay? So he does love the masses, but within the masses, there's a smaller group, 12, that he did life with. This was his, this was the original life group, okay? Life group OG. Jesus gathered 12 and they became his what? Disciples. Thank you, kids, church. Glad y'all are paying attention. Good. That's right. Good job. His disciples. These guys followed him. They emulated him. They imitated him. They listened carefully to him so that they would know truth and be able to pass it on. He loved those guys, but even though he had that core group of disciples, there was a smaller circle. And again, you just, you'll read about this when you read the life of Jesus. Only three people are gonna fit in that circle. And that's Jesus himself, Father God, and the Holy Spirit. That was where it all started, Before he would get up and go about his day and minister to the masses of people or one by one on the road as he traveled, he always spent time with his father. Guys, this is our first action step. Let's spend some time with the Lord, okay? When Jesus would spend time with his father, something happened. And we can all argue, I get this. I hear people say this all the time. Well, of course, Jesus knew stuff. He's the son of God, duh. Okay, I get that. But I also want us to remember something. Jesus was in full human form while he walked this planet, okay? He came as one of us. Did he lose his identity as son of God? No, but he walked in full human form. He had to spend that time with his father as well. And here's what happened when he did. He opened himself up and he became yielded to the plans of his father and yielded to the direction of the Holy Spirit. Here's what I mean by yielded, okay? We can all be willing. I think a lot of us are willing. We say, hey, I'm willing to do anything you want me to do, Lord. You want me to go on the other side of the world and preach the gospel out of the tent? Yeah, I'm willing to do it. You want me to go work in kids ministry? Yeah, I'm willing. Uh, Yeah, I'm willing to do it. Yielded is this. Yeah, I'm gonna go the other side of the world if you want me to, Lord. I'm ready. In fact, I'm gonna pack a bag. I got my passport stamped. I got a little bit of money saved up. I'm in ready stance. Which direction you want me to go? That's yielded. And that's how Jesus started each and every day and started his journey, okay? We need to become yielded so that we can do his work. Now, as we move into this passage, uh, Again, I've read this passage probably hundreds of times or at least heard it hundreds of times uh, since I was a kid. And uh, I was asking the Lord, Lord, just show me something new or anything that you, whether I need to share it or not, but he did show me some stuff and I am gonna share it. And it was in the first sentence of that passage. It's right here. It says, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Anybody ever heard of Jericho? Mm-hmm. Me too. I've heard of Jericho. I know about it. I remember that um, 
God had called his army, his people to take over different parts of this promised land that belonged to them. And there stood Jericho because it was a mighty built fortress with crazy walls. In fact, they didn't even build up their army that much because they didn't need one. These walls that surrounded Jericho were pretty hard, pretty tough. God told Joshua, I want you to go take Jericho. So Joshua says, got it, no problem. Grabs spear, grabs sword and shield, and God goes, eh, we're gonna do it a little different this time. Would you go ahead and put the, the, the sword and the spear down? We're gonna use mm, trumpets, horns. And Joshua's like, military man that he was, okay, never done that before, but whatever you say, Lord, we'll do it. They did on cue, they blew their trumpets and the walls of Jericho come tumbling down. I'm very familiar with the story, but did you know, fun fact, that there was a curse placed on Jericho? What happens after that, you can read about this in Joshua 6, God says, here's the deal, I don't want you guys going in there. It would be too easy for you to settle, and I do not want you to do that. I'm so serious about this, I'm gonna place this curse upon Jericho. Here's the thing. If somebody so much steps in to start the rebuilding process of this land, you're gonna lose your firstborn. Now, kids in the room, I know that's a hard one, but God has to get our attention sometimes, and we grown-ups have pretty thick skulls, and sad to say, we have pretty hard hearts. God has to get our attention. And I'm paraphrasing here, but that curse goes on to say, if you are so presumptuous enough to keep building after your firstborn passes, by the time you finish the process and establish this place as a city, guess what? You're gonna lose your youngest too. I'm that serious. Now, did God's people listen? Quite honestly, yes. For 500 years, they stayed away from that place. They wouldn't do it. But typical mankind, typical human, like I said, pretty thick skulls, a hardened heart, we come in and say, eh, did God really mean what he said? It's gonna be okay, we can do it. Tell you what, you can read how that turned out in 1 Kings 16. The guy that went in to start the process lost his firstborn. By the time they established and opened the city gate, he lost his youngest. Cursed city. Why do I go into all of that? Because this. Jesus was on his way somewhere and had to go through or could have gone around Jericho, but he did not. Did he know it was a cursed city? You bet. His daddy was the one that put the curse on the place. And as a Jewish man, he knew his Jewish history. He was well familiar with this. But he knew, I want you to catch this, Jesus knew that he had a divine appointment. Remember, he spent time with his father. Action step one. He had a mission he needed to go into a cursed land to find a despised man. Zacchaeus was a despised man, chief tax collector. They liked to skim that money to the point that the crowd 
basically booed him to his face, ribbed him, spoke down to him, probably used, sorry kids, bad words to him, to his face. He was a despised man. Jesus didn't tiptoe around and go, but I'm Jesus. I don't go through cursed places. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm Jesus the Christ. Uh Uh-uh. He walked straight in, still identified as the son of God and had a meeting with a man named Zacchaeus. And it's right here. This is action step number two for us, by the way. Spend some time with the Lord, then ask him to identify your Zacchaeus, okay? Allow the Holy Spirit to direct you to someone and we'll go into action step number three in just a little bit, but ask the Holy Spirit to identify that person for you. Now, here's the thing. It may look, it may look like that, well, I, you know, the person you're showing me, Lord, their lifestyle is a lot different than mine. They don't really look like me or talk like me. Jesus went into a cursed land to find a despised person. I'm just gonna keep reminding you of that. Here's the thing. Jesus walks in and I love how he does this. He takes the initiative to walk into this place and find Zacchaeus and call him by name. Actually, before we go further, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit a pause right here just for a second. When the Lord shows us that person Let's keep something in mind, believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. People are not our projects. I'm gonna say that one more time. People are not our projects, okay? People have been formed in the image of God and have a plan and a purpose on their lives, whether they are walking in it or not. We are not the fixer-uppers, That's not our job just to go, well, I'm just gonna take you and just fix you up. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting with the Lord, have him identify that Zacchaeus in your life, then go, Lord, what say you? Is this a word of knowledge uh, I need to give over this person? A word of prophecy, just like Pastor Chach was talking about? Do I need to uh, give them uh, a word of wisdom? Just be led by the Holy Spirit when you identify your Zacchaeus. And remember, do it in love. That's what this is about, love. The first and greatest commandment, right? Love God, love others. All right, now that being said, Jesus is such a boss, man. He walks in (laughs) to to this place, Jericho. The crowds are all around. And he looks up and sees this dude sitting in a tree and the Holy Spirit says, that's him. His name's Zacchaeus. Jesus stops in the middle of that. I'm gonna read it because I love it. Goes up to him and tells him to come down, make haste, and uh, I'm going to your house today. I love this. He says, make haste, come down, for today I must stay at your house. Did you hear a certain word in there that stood out? This is something else the Lord showed me. I must stay at your house. It's not, hey, Zacchaeus, you wanna hang out today? Or, hey, look at the guy in the tree. Why don't you come down here? Let's chat. He had a mission. 
He spent time with his father. He knew what his mission was. He's being led by the Holy Spirit. Zacchaeus, come down. I must stay at your house today. I looked it up, guys. The word must, I have a list right here. Sorry, camera crew, I forget. Not kids ministry, don't run in church. Okay. The word must is found in the King James Version, the New King James Version, the NIV, the New American Standard, the NLT, the Kids Bible, the NIRV, the New International Readers Version. They all use the word must. Why does Jesus say must? Because it's his mission given to him by the Father. There's an urgency there. Now, mind you, he's gone into a cursed land to speak to a despised man. You want to talk about a cursed land? Uh Uh-oh. Anybody turn on the news lately? Did you open up those social media feeds? Do you ever feel like, ugh, gosh, it's getting ugly? Man, is there a curse on this place? Let me go ahead and answer that for you. Yes, I know this because I've read Genesis. Back when there was this, this mandate by God saying, hey, you see that tree over there? Don't eat of the fruit of it. it it'll go bad, I'm, I'm telling you this. We, not Adam and Eve, we as mankind, the, the Bible says we have a deceitfully wicked heart. I know people say, oh, that's so mean. It's just true, okay? We said, ah, maybe that's not what God meant. Yes, we were tempted, I get it, but we we went our own way. We chose self over God. And when we did, a big window opened up and it wasn't pretty. Sin entered in. Death, war, disease, pestilence, injustice, violence, all sorts of things entered. Now, Man, this sounds so wah, wah, wah. Here's the deal. History hasn't changed though, guys. We can look across our landscape and go, golly, man, this seems like a cursed land. It is, but can we learn from Jesus in this? Jesus walks right in the middle of it, never lost his identity in who he was as a child of the father. And if we are in Jesus, you're a child of the king. You have a plan and a purpose for your life. Spend time with him. Seek that out. Ask him to show you your Zacchaeus. And when you do, do this. Speak life over them and into them. Say that one more time. When you identify your Zacchaeus, speak life over them and into them. Guys, you want to see a situation change? Start speaking truth. Jesus did it. It's right here in this passage. So the crowd is all, eh, Jesus is hanging out with sinners. Check out what Jesus did. Jesus says, um, Zacchaeus goes on to say, hey, Lord, I give half my goods back and I'll restore things fourfold. Jesus saw repentance in him and said, today salvation has come to this house. Talking about this house, right? Today salvation has come to this house and I love what he did on the back half of that sentence. Watch this. He said, because also he's a son of Abraham. Now that may not sound like much to us, but here's what Jesus did in one fell swoop to that crowd that was judging pretty hard that day. Jesus knew who, who they were. They're children of Abraham too. And he kind of reminded everyone in the earshot, hey, 
I'm not, I see your sins, Zacchaeus. I see what you've done wrong, but I'm not calling you a punk, no good tax collector. Instead, I'm calling you a son of Abraham because that's who you are. That's your identity. And everybody else around went, oh, yeah, his sin's no worse than ours. We are all in the same boat. Jesus leveled that playing field, right? Jesus goes in and speaks truth into a situation. And that's what we need to do as well. It's easy to look out at the landscape today and get down, just bogged down with it and get heavy. Remember who you are in Christ. Speak truth to the situation and choose to love. Mm, easier said than done. And I'm preaching to myself, but let's choose to love, okay? It's the summer of love. It's a good thing. And I'm glad to have been with you guys today. And I'm about to close this out in prayer. Um, before I do, I wanna remind us a couple of things though. Um, again, just to go over those action steps and I'm challenging myself with this too. We're gonna spend some time with the Lord. I tell you what, if there was ever a benefit to quarantine, if there was one, I got to spend some time with the Lord and it was good. It created a good habit for me. Um, Ask the Holy Spirit to identify that Zacchaeus for you. And then when he does, start speaking life over and into them. You will see life change, just like we saw right here in Luke chapter 19. I'm gonna ask you to stand because I'm gonna pray us out of here. And after I pray, I'm just gonna ask that you kind of hang back where you are. Don't leave right away. We're gonna leave in an orderly fashion. Uh, we have some worship hosts who are gonna come in and they're gonna dismiss you starting in the back, uh, working their way toward the front. And um, also we just wanna remind you, I I'm not sure if they're still out there, but we had a team out there set up, uh, you saw it in video announcements about you can sponsor a child for going back to school. We have some bags hanging out there. If they're out, uh, there's some volunteer leaders out there that could help you if you want to sponsor a child. Uh, again, obviously being a kid's pastor, that is something that's near to my heart, but I think that's a great way to start showing love in the summer of love, right? And uh, of course, if you have any prayer requests this week, or if you're a first-time guest, we wanna contact you. And someone from, uh, from our church will certainly do that. So you can text 97000, 97000. And if you are a first-time guest, type um, first 1910, is that right? And uh, oh, it's on the screen, oh, thank God because I can never remember this stuff. Yeah, uh, text first 1910. And if you have a prayer request, pray 1910. And we'd love to pray with you. And I got to connect with some first time guests this past week. We had some uh, kids ministry events on Friday. A new family came out there, got to meet them. So we still are trying to responsibly connect with people as best as we can during this crazy time. Uh, but I tell you what, it's certainly good to see those of you who are coming into the house. And for those of you who are watching online, thank you for staying with us. Let's pray together. Father God, I just thank you for this time and this opportunity that we can gather to worship. And Holy Spirit, whether it's yes in this room, but just for everybody who's watching as well, wherever they are, I just pray that you just make your presence so strong that we can all but see you, Lord. And I just pray your peace on the lives of your people here today. 
And as we've been challenged with what you've done in this passage, just to show love to others and speak life into others, we ask for your help. That's not easy to do. It's so easy to get caught up in the, the things around us. But Lord, we were created of the Spirit, so we wanna walk in the Spirit and help us do that. So I pray your blessing, your protection over these here today. And I ask that as they go out, they would go out in the mighty name of Jesus, feeling your love, knowing they're blessed, Lord, and experiencing your power. We love you and I pray this in the name of mighty Jesus.